0: Hey everybody, this is Kiddush Club, and I know this doesn't sound like the usual intro that you used to, but as we know, we're all, the Jewish people are in a state of mourning, and we kind of felt like we were going to deviate from our usual episode. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what's been going on, what the outlook is, the outlook we're supposed to have, and of course, we're going to be talking about the fact that a lot, we know, we are aware that a lot of our listeners are young. And we know that many of our listeners are actually in Israel. And we know that everybody's nervous right now. I'm nervous, you're nervous, everybody's nervous. But at the same time, it's important to remember that throughout every generation, they rise up against us, every generation. We're no different and we always win. That's a promise, it's a promise from God, it's a promise from the Torah. We always win and we will win again. And it's important that we start the conversation by remembering that.
1: It was so hard. Like, just after Yontif, I think, was much worse than on Yontif because, like, we were kind of in the dark, right? Like, people were talking about it in Shul. We even had updates coming to us um, from people in the Shul getting up, announcing actual updates to what's going on uh, in Aries de Shul. But we could not fathom the reality that's on the ground. And then when you, you know, after Yantif, when you open up the news and you start seeing social media and how real it is and, and the magnitude of it all and and the fact that we didn't have anything like this in 50 years. Right. And some are saying it's like the biggest death toll since the Holocaust. I mean, that's a that's serious discussion.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, I agree. I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I mean, I did get this in WhatsApp. I haven't been able to confirm that there are gadolim who are saying not to look at those images on social media. And I kind of understand where they're coming from. I had a hard time sleeping last night, uh, as did my wife. Uh, you know, these are images that you can't get out of your brain. Now, yeah,
1: why would you expose yourself to that if it's you know if it's not necessary? Unless you are actually in the idf you don't need to see that right the extent the extent and not only that it it could
0: affect you it could affect your davening it could affect you as a person it could cause depression i guess i guess what 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 i'm saying is everybody has to know where they're holding and they have to know what they can handle you know
1: as you that's a big responsibility because yeah because the uh Instinct is to see. I want to see. I need to know. I need to see what's happening, but you really don't, right? Like, just take everybody's word for it. It's pretty bad, and what they're saying is, instead of going and looking online for, you know, for these videos, instead take a, a, a capital telem and 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 just daven. Yeah, right? it's not. Yes, you're not helping anybody by knowing the situation firsthand any better. Certainly, if you're not impacted directly.
0: Right, right. Uh, Incidentally, we are not recording in studio this time. Uh, We're going to be trying to bring you multiple updates. Uh, We are trying to secure a few guests that can give us some information, uh, information from the ground, information from higher up. Uh, We'll get back to you on that. So we're trying to do this fluid. So just bear with us. Uh, It's not going to be the usual production that you're used to. Uh, I I do want to say, you know, taking off on that, if if you're in America right now, if you are like us and you're in America, you know that there's not much you could do, right? So what you can do is you can daven, and everybody should, no question. Uh, you should say to him, you should daven. You can also send money, and
1: I think you should do that as well, if you can. Let me stop you for a second, because I've heard more than one campaign. What are we sending money to, exactly? I mean, does the IDF need financial support? Is that what's happening here?
0: Uh, No. So what I'm seeing is that it's not money that's not going to the idea. The money is going to people that are on the ground. You know, Israel right now, people have a hold up, many of them in their homes. Their economy is going to take a major hit from this, major. A lot of yeshivas are clearing out. There are rebeim who are going to be you know stuck. There are regular people who are going to be stuck. Every little bit helps. And look, let's be honest with each other. The $100 that you're going to spend this week on random things, I kind of think send it over. Send the 100. Send the 200 if you could afford more, you could send a 1000. What's going to happen? You know what I mean? What's the worst that could happen here? You send money to to Israel to your fellow Jews, you think there's like some guy in Israel who's like hoarding all that money like, "Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire off of this?" It's not happening.
1: Well, that's what scams are, essentially, right? Scams are people taking the money and you it for themselves instead of giving it to the needed causes. Right? That are Do you out honestly
0: there? think that that's going to happen here? You know, there's like some guy who's, you, you know, come on, you're shrugging. No, come on. I, I really, I, I whatever. Okay, maybe I'm not cynical enough. I, I really feel like at this time, uh, this is a time of unity for the Jewish people. I think it's time for us to be united. And I'm going to just, I'm going to, look, I'm going to do something that I never do. I'm going to be is? giving to everyone.
1: <laughs> you never do that. I Never that. do
0: that. Never do that. I'm going to choose to see the best in our people. I saw a video, I'm sure you did. I mean, we could talk about some of the videos we saw. I saw a video of a soldier who was uh, he was on a Zoom or a FaceTime or whatever, watching the bris of his son.
1: I saw and that you saw that so saw. saw I'm saying yes.
0: Abrahman, uh, that if that doesn't bring tears to your eyes, maybe you're Nashama, you have to check useless because I don't know. Uh, you know
1: no, it's you're, serious. There's people that put everything aside and put their duty first, their country first, their fellow man first. There are people like that, absolutely you know
0: well, it's not people. It's look, anyone in Israel that was in the reserves, which is everyone basically, if they're not uh, exempt for whatever reason, has been called up. I have multiple friends who uh, made aliyah who have been called up, uh, have friends with kids who have been called up at this point. Uh, I, I know of some people that I'm connected to who unfortunately lost family members, uh, not in the massacre, but in the uh, IDF response, who are in the IDF, um, and it's, it's, it's horrifying. It's horrible. Of course, all these people are dying. Al Kiddush Hashem. The, I mean, these people are going straight to Gan and no question about it. And uh, it's it's a hugely, you know, scary time. But at the same time, there is what to be positive about, and that's what I said before: is we know how this story ends. Okay, so let's first let's let's remind everyone about that. We know how this story ends because we've yeah, seen but it it's, over it's two thousand years.
1: But it's not good to get too complacent like that, you know? Yes, we're hoping for the best. Yes, we know that Mirza Shem will be victorious. But again, you can't get into that complacent mood and be like, ah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Because right now, there are people, there are Americans. I mean, think about it. Think about the time that this is happening in. How many people go to Hrish for Sukkis? How many? Yes. You can't even put a number on it. Many of them stranded, can't get home. Some people left on Yontif because they felt it was it was uh, Sakana. and it's 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 a hard situation for everybody, for the people that live there, for the people that were traveling there. I mean, I have family members that are stuck there that are trying to get home and everything is full and flights are getting canceled left and right. Yeah, and it's a tough situation, especially if you are in the radius where, You know uh, where rockets can hit, where uh, God forbid terrorists can infiltrate,
0: or or are still active. We know there's still a terrorist active inside the country. No, I I agree. I'm not saying be complacent, but like, look, you said this before. If you're not in the IDF, even your complacency, the only thing, the only, the only difference that's going to be from your complacency is, is your tefillah, right? So yes, do not be complacent in terms of praying for everybody and and supporting them with money, et cetera. But as far as other complacencies, don't let this get to you.
1: Right, morale Um, should be up. Morale should be up. The attitude should be, we got this. We're not working uh, uh, with the regular laws of nature, basically. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Right, we're tapped in. Pasuk says, God is watching the land of Israel. Constantly, I mean, he's watching everything constantly, which which only tells you how much uh, focus Hashem Himself puts on the land of Israel. Absolutely, absolutely. So as far as panic, there shouldn't be, right? Correct. Correct. There shouldn't be panic. It shouldn't. Right. We're at war. We are
0: at war. The Jewish people are at war. But you know, just like just like what the uh, the 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 who says uh, before war. You know who is the one who who just got married? Go leave. Who's the one who's afraid? Go go leave. They... Don't bring everybody down.
1: Yeah, that would be me
0: though. Yeah, that would be me too. <laughs> I'm off the line hundred percent. I'm bringing everybody down. But that's but why that's I what, made a donation yesterday. Uh, I've been in touch with with people to see how I can help in other ways. Look, I'm being practical, and I have to tell you the truth. Uh, I I I just to, to get slightly political. Uh, I do hold the Biden administration partly responsible for this. I think that bad foreign policy has very bad results. I think that uh, Biden cajoling the Iranians and treating them with kid gloves, sending them $6 billion, looking the other way while they're selling their oil on the black market. I saw a statistic that said that they made 70% more under Biden than than they did under Trump on oil sales, which is just Mind-boggling to me. That's ridiculous. That we all know. Look, we, there's no evidence for it yet, but we all know that Iran was a major part of it. Hamas and Hezbollah they are proxies of Iran. Iran, the Ayatollah came out. He made a statement on Twitter. I'm not going to read it. I don't want to give him that benefit. Um, Elon Musk chose to leave the tweet up because he he flagged it and said this is you know disgusting and horrible. I do believe we need to leave it up to show the world what is going on. And I think he's right. I think people need to see I think at this point normal people have seen what happened and they say this is actual evil. This is what evil is and anyone who's on their side is also evil. Diatola, evil dude. <laughs> That's it. Nothing to talk I about. I don't
1: I don't think we've ever seen a conflict uh, or actually a terrorist attack, covered in such great degree like we have here. Like, we all know what Hamas is, right? But there's an element out there that says, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm impartial. Freedom I don't fighters. Know. They're
0: freedom fighters.
1: Right. Maybe they're just fighting the good fight, right? Right. And, and maybe, maybe, if you were blind in one eye, you can see that all the way up until 2023. You can see how somebody might make a mistake or might not be able to um, discern, you know, who's the right one here. Once you get to October 7th, 2023, I think there's a clarity that's undeniable to the world at large. This is what we're dealing with, and this is what we've always been dealing with.
0: Yes, but- And now
1: you all know.
0: I hate to say it. Listen, I'm going to do an over-under here. I don't think it's going to last very long. I'll be honest. Unfortunately, I do think the world's going to turn as Israel starts to fight back. Uh, Like right now, the EU announced they're they're halting all funding to the Palestinians. That's all Palestinians, not just Hamas. This is huge. The EU, this is something they've never done.
1: Tremendous. You never heard something like that.
0: Never. But again, it's only October 9th. I think once we get to October 12th I hope I'm wrong. I mean you saw yesterday, you saw that the, there was a huge pro Hamas rally in New York City.
1: I, which I can't believe. I can't get over that.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm all for I'm all for free speech, but if you're like if there was a march supporting ISIS, I'm not sure that you know, I'm not sure that's part of spe- free speech. You can't support like you know, like a, a, the Boston bomber, and then they make a rally to support the Boston.
1: I think it is. It is. You, meaning you can support neo-Nazis. You can support the, the regular Nazis. You can right, do whatever but,
0: you want. But can, can you support ISIS at a time that, well, technically America is not at war with them, but, but it is a US ally, right? So it's a US ally at war with terrorists. And 9-11, what, could Muslims go and, and, and start marching in support of the terrorists? terrorists? I'm not sure what the limits are. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what the limits are. But uh, on the flip side, I, I, uh, I did send you over uh, again, just as another example, and we'll play the clip here. Uh, here's a clip of the BBC. Now, the BBC, we know they're of the worst coverage to Israel, the worst biased coverage. But even the BBC was talking about how the IDF in their response, was protecting civilians and not doing what Hamas does, which is kill and target civilians. The IDF, uh, as they were going into Gaza, they were dropping leaflets like they always do. The knock bombs, where they, where they drop those, uh, you know, small bombs to let them know we're coming. Uh, they're constantly doing things to minimize civilian deaths. And I think that's the defining factor. Uh, right now, the world sees that, I don't know how much longer they're gonna that, that's going to last, but here's the clip.
2: Last night, also, the Israeli army uh, sent warning and video messages to people uh, in northern Gaza and in south and in the middle. They asked them to leave some specific areas. They draw a map for the people. They show them exactly where the area which Israel is going to target, uh, and they asked them to leave to uh, areas more uh, secure. So that's
1: surprising coming out of, like, the BBC, which you, you never see coverage like this, you know?
0: Very unusual. Very unusual. Uh, and look, it's the, it's the world right now. Uh, because I think, I think, unfortunately, the imagery, without getting into the specifics, I think it was sufficiently shocking that anyone with even a, a modicum of humanity has to say, okay, this is next level. This is not Okay. But of course, that didn't stop the squad of Rashida Talib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria ocasio cortez Cory Bush, Yamaha Shimab, all of them, from doing their usual moral equivalency.
1: But before we even get into that, I want to understand how, like, it, it seems like the Palestinian PR machine is kind of trying to make this somehow like minimize how bad it looks and usually they're kind of better at this like what happened here like it looks really bad the whole world can see how bad it looks what were they thinking so there's a lot of questions there's a lot of open questions here right
0: i mean the big the elephant in the room is let's just say you know we had an doll on this program before, he's an ex Secret Service. Uh, we're trying to get him on again. He's obviously extremely busy, uh, but I mean, I did reach out to him, and I said, "Nidal, uh, you know, I need clarity here." I mean, I I understood from him that they know literally when when mice cross that border. You know, when they when they attempt to cross that border fence. Yeah, how I on earth did they I did saw, they miss this?
1: I saw a video like that from somebody who served in that very unit. Saying, people, you have to understand there's no way that this could have happened. It just doesn't make sense. we right. were we were awakened at night literally when roaches got too close to the border. Think about that a second. How sensitive that um the, 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 are, you, wait, the are you
0: saying are you, you saying, saying that these terrorists are roaches? Because if you are, I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely No, that's what they are. They're roaches.
1: They're less. that's are less than a, the roaches. Yes, you're right. You know, you're, you're insulting right. the roaches. You're but right. Now, you're right. the point is, is that, like, how? This is the huge question. How is it possible that something like no one in their wildest dreams thought that this was even a possibility? It wasn't on the menu. It wasn't something that we said, oh, maybe we'll wake up once in Hastorah and see uh, an absolute massacre of of Jews on a holiday. How does it make any sense? It like I said, it wasn't yeah. on the menu. We,
0: we need we need some clarity, and uh, like I said, we're going to try to get that clarity from people who know more than we do. You know, our, we armchair quarterbacks who really know nothing. Uh, we're, 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 we're protected to to a degree. We're not on the front lines. We're not even close to the front lines. So we are going to try to to reach them. But uh, between you and me, I had a friend. Who had family members there and he was saying I was trying to get them out. And I said, you know what? There's a part of me that feels they're safer in Israel than they are in the United States.
1: Well, how do you figure that?
0: How do I figure? I mean, you see, you just have to go to yeshiva world and you see the hate crimes are, are, are starting up. We know that every time, every time this type of thing happens, the roaches in the United States follow the roaches in Israel and they all come out of the woodwork and they start, you know, start screaming and start you know, I I don't know I don't want to get too into it. Like I said, I think we have enough to to be upset about and to mourn. We don't need more. But I do think we need to be vigilant in the United States. I think you know, I think the Roaches are going to use this as an opportunity to make noise and God forbid, you know, to do to do some not
1: great things. Well so let's hope that none of that happens. I mean you always listen, you always have to be vigilant any time of year, certainly after something like this occurs again, because it emboldens others.
0: Yes, yes. And you know, Ben Shapiro was in Israel. Actually, he actually came back right before, right before Yom Tov, right before yeah. uh, second Yom Tov, second half. Um, I, I I did catch a little bit of his show today, uh, and uh, I got to tell you, I mean, it, he he's, he started off. It, I mean, we we had already intended to start off the way we started. He did the exact same thing. There was no music. There was no intro. Um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to play it right
3: now. I am a Jew. Those have been the words of the Jewish people for three millennia. Those were the words of the men, women, and children of Masada. Those were the words of the followers of Bar Kokhba. Those were the words of Jews in Granada in 1066 and the Rhineland in 1096 and Khamenev from 1648 to 1657 and Kishinev in 1903 and Hebron in 1929. Those were the words of Jews in Auschwitz and Treblinka. Those were the last words of Daniel Pearl. And those are my words too. They're the words of my parents, the words of my wife, my children. Over the weekend, my people, the Jewish people, were attacked murdered, mutilated. Our women were raped. Our children were kidnapped. This has happened millions of times before to millions of Jews across history. Jew hatred exists because evil exists, because there are people who have for literally all of human history, hated the Jews and sought to strike at them while they are weak, who have blamed the Jews for their own problems, who have crafted complex conspiracy theories about the supposed power of the Jews, who have sought to destroy, to murder, to mutilate, to rape the Jews, from Pharaoh to Haman, from Hitler to Hamas. The words of the Nazis are indistinguishable from the words of the Hamas Charter. The chain of Jew hatred is unbroken. For two millennia, Since the destruction of the last Jewish dynasty in the Holy Land of Israel, those Jew haters were ascendant. Well, no longer. That is the promise of the state of Israel. Never again. The Jews will not stand by. They will not be murdered. They will not leave their biblical homeland. They will not surrender. They will be strong and courageous, (laughs) as Joshua said 3,000 years ago. He's saying it like it is, and it's just hard to believe that there's
1: such blatant evil like this in this time in history like after all the lessons after everything that took place after a holocaust after terror attack after terror attack and everything that goes on it's just so hard to believe that people still fall on the wrong side
0: yeah but you know what i i think it's just i mean there's no other way to say it is is right Yeah. there's just such anti-semitism but how do you understand this? So actually, um, so one of my kids overheard me and I said to my wife, I said, this is a Amalek. This is, you know, to be honest, even the Nazis, you know, the Nazis tried to hide their crimes. You know, we know that they they recorded everything, but to the rest of the world, they were trying to keep everyone in the dark. These guys are the exact opposite. They're showing the most gruesome videos, the most gruesome, horrible things they're proud of it. So it but so, so I said, you know, this is must be what a mullock looks like. And then they said, but wait, but this is Yishmael, this is not a Moloch. What do you say
1: about that? Listen, the Torah calls him Per Adam, right? It, it, it's wild. It's it's Wildkite. That's what it is. It's just no no boundaries, no border. Right. That's no sense of no sense of right and wrong. It's not there. They don't have that that understanding. It's just a wild man, right? Right, right. That's exactly what it means, right?
0: Also, I I, I brought up the Gemara. Right. It was actually in the Daf of, you know, last week or so where it says, um, Tisha Kavim of Zima came down and were taken by Ishmael a maven yavin, I'm not going to explain it, but it's, it's an interesting time to be able to see the words of the Gemara come to life. You know, you, you learn something sometimes and, and it's easy to think that the Gemara is being allegorical and the Gemara is just, you know, speaking poetically. In fact, we see, and in in a way, we're to see the words of Chazal actually in real life. These people are... Subhuman to be able to to do what they're doing, it's it's just subhuman, and there's very very hard to explain it.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Now what remains to be seen is the Israeli response. How heavy-handed will it be? You know, are we going to get something more? You know, is there going to be a ceasefire in a day? Is that how it's going to go down? No.
0: Again? no, 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 no. Now, I'm sure you saw Lieberman told Netanyahu that he's willing to create a coalition government if Netanyahu commits to not stopping until Hamas is completely obliterated. Netanyahu, for his part, said uh, everyone better leave Gaza because it's not—it's no longer going to exist soon. So I, I, I don't think there's a ceasefire. Of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says there should be a ceasefire. Uh, Rashida Tlaib, Yomach Shema, blames Israel, the quote-unquote apartheid state for what has happened, but I, I'd love to just ask these people. So, okay, let's say I'm going to go with you. Israel, they colonized Yeah, they stole the land. Let's make believe that there's no history. There's no archaeological, massive archaeological evidence. Okay, fine. How on earth or where on earth have we ever seen in history quote unquote, freedom fighters doing the things that Hamas is doing. It's never existed before. And the fact that anyone could create a moral equivalency, I think the Democrats should be embarrassed that they're part of their caucus. I think that there should they should primary them. I think they should do whatever they can. And, and I'm surprised I'm not hearing more support. You know, I'm hearing tremendous Republican support. There is a lot of Democrat support, a lot, I will say that, but there's not enough, and I'm not hearing the support from the other countries across the world. Unfortunately, the biggest one, the one that made me most upset was to hear from Saudi Arabia, who squarely blamed Israel for this.
1: Really? Yes. I didn't see that, but but that's going to be a, a kind of a roadblock in peace talks, I imagine.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of you know pundits who believe that the whole reason this happened, it was specifically to derail the Saudi Arabia peace talks. Because obviously, they're not going to happen now. Um, Saudi Arabia is in a position where they can't, right? To a degree, they can't.
1: Right. Um, And you have to also wonder how Bibi Netanyahu himself falls out of this, meaning, how's he going to come out looking after all this?
0: I I think his prime ministership is over. That's my personal opinion. Uh, Because at the end of the day, the buck stops here, right? This. If you're going to tell me that this was a massive intelligence failure, he is the head of of that office. He's the head of the government. He's the head of the intelligence. He puts his people in the position. This falls squarely on Netanyahu's shoulders, in my opinion. And I would like to see him say, I'm stepping down. Maybe not right away. Maybe he has to see this through first. As soon as this is over, Bibi needs to say, this happened on my watch. The buck stops here. I'm going to be stepping down because this was a failure that I need to take responsibility for. You know, if it was a business, the CEO was going to be responsible, right? And everybody would be like, yeah, yeah, the CEO's got to step down. I think it's no different here. He's the CEO of the country. He needs to step down. As much as, you know, as much as I've liked a lot of what B.B. has done, uh, he needs to step down. This falls squarely on his shoulders.
1: You're saying he cannot recover from this. And okay. and I understand that. If you If you're going with that, I get it. I mean, again... It's hi- it's a historical failure, Absolutely. intelligence-wise. Absolutely. Uh, so it, you know, I mean, it's Golda something. Mayr, ha-
0: the last time this happened it was the it was the Yom Kippur War. Uh, she could not recover from that. And incidentally, the we know the uh, this took place 50 years to the day from the Yom Kippur War. I don't think that was lost on a terrorist, and I don't think it was a coincidence. I think it was all pre-planned. But here's the really crazy thing. Just to digress for one more second. They say that over a thousand terrorists were able to breach and come into Israel. Right, a thousand terrorists. Out of those thousand terrorists, those terrorists have wives, they have children, they have friends. Let's say three thousand people were in on it. Three thousand people, and Israel had no inkling. Now, one of those three thousand cockroaches said, "You know what? Let me make a couple hundred grand. I'm going to go tell Israel what's going on." How is that possible?
1: You know, there's, uh, the, the Times of Israel came out and said that Egypt had warned Bibi himself, something big is coming. Really? Something big is coming. Yeah. And those warnings obviously went unheeded. Uh, but I think a lot of stuff is going to come out in the coming days, and the coming weeks. And, you know, we'll kind of get a, a better picture of, uh, you know, what were the events that led up to this. And how it occurred and how our finger was off the button. And, you know, I I guess... We're going to find out. Right. We we gather that intel and then we adjust and we pivot and see where we go. Uh,
0: I think we're going to leave with that. I I am going to lead us off after we say our goodbyes uh, with a clip from none other than one of our former guests, which is Nisi Black. Uh, Hopefully, Hashem will protect him as well as all of Kala Yisrael, we are going to be davening for everybody. If you're hearing us and you're in Eretz Israel, just remember what we said. Obviously, we're all davening for you. Our hearts are with you. Our hearts, our thoughts, we're thinking about all of you 24-7. We are praying for you nonstop, but always remember, the God of Israel doesn't sleep. He's always watching over us. In every generation we say on every pesach seder every generation they rise up to destroy us but kadosh baruchu always is there in the end we have a promise that they will not win and this is no different they will not win just remember that difficult time we are going to win this
1: we're thinking of all of you and if you're out there and trying to make it home uh, may you get home safely to your families, to your homes, and uh, you know what? In the end, everything is going to just turn out good, and that's that's what we believe. Agreed. So w- once again, we're going to try to bring you some more updates
0: as the days progress. Uh, we leave you also now with Nisim Black.
2: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I was uh, hoping to not have to make a post like this, hoping that everything would be over by in the morning and we'd just be talking about what was, unfortunately. So, a little bit about what happened from our perspective. I think it was a little bit past 8.30 in the morning. We heard the first alarms. I was still at home. I was running late for sure. I was waiting on my older son. And I uh, woke up all of my family. We went to the bomb shelter. Um, we stayed there for about maybe 10 minutes or so. Um, after the 10 minutes had passed, you know, we decided I would still go to Shul. My son would come with me. And we went and, you know, had wonderful service. But throughout the services and the dancing, we would hear occasionally the Hazakot and we all did what we could to run and take cover. And then after some time had passed, we would go back and maybe sap it three or four times. There was altogether maybe 10 alarms, but after a fourth time, everybody was kind of a little bit already a little worn out from running back and forth. Um, As we did run out, we did see uh, in the sky that the Iron Dome was shooting down rockets. Uh, We did see that. At some point towards the end of the Hakafas, we started to feel the booming and we knew that there was probably some type of retaliation. We started to see that the helicopters were going by even still as I'm talking to you right now You can still feel the booming uh, of the bombs and rockets everything that's been going on. It's not easy It's definitely not easy. We slept in the bomb shelter yesterday all of my family and The main thing is to keep the kids from feeling any type of way about it Other than the fact that we need to pray for Christ, we need to diamond and so the same thing for all of you as well uh, Fear is not something that Hashem gave us if you feel a feeling of fear right now. It's understandable We're all human, but this is not coming from Hashem. The main thing is to stay away from the news. The news, people have agendas. You have to understand that they have an agenda. The News, whatever side you're on, news has an agenda. Another thing is, all these graphic videos and different things that have been going around, this does nothing but creates more anxiety. It can affect your mental health. The main thing is, is it can stop you from being able to pray. You'll feel so confused and so wrapped up by the things that you've seen that it's going to feel nearly impossible for you to pray, which is what we need the most. We need everybody's prayers. This is the main weapon. This is the main Jewish weapon as our mouth is that we can cry out to Hashem Yisba. Now if we thought that it was our own security there's a few guys over here that broke through a border and has the whole entire country on a security lockdown like what so we see it's only Hashem that's protected us he's always protected us we need the physical army but they need Hashem they need Hashem. So we need that Hashem is going to help them. That's the answer. Keep praying for us. Keep davening for all of us. We're still here and we have a promise. We have the promise for the Neveim. The promise for the Neveim is that it ends very, very well for Israel. It ends very, very well for Israel. All who come up against Hashem will be utterly obliterated. This is what's going to happen. The least in Israel should be like David and Melech. Pray for these holy prophecies to come true right before our very eyes as we're fighting against a gross enemy. This is our main mission right now. is to Pray for Qal Yisra, pray for the peace of Yerushalayim, that we all should do chuva. that we should all return to Hashem. This is the only real weapon against what's coming up against us. We think a bomb's going to save us, nothing's going to save us except for Hashem Yisra. Keep praying, keep davening, and keep your hope alive. No fear, no fear, no fear.